Welcome back, everyone, to the District Church Podcast. We're glad that you're here. Um, it's myself, Travis Roberts, and co-host Matt Cantrell joining you. We're excited about this conversation today because it actually comes via one of our listeners. Through the electronic mail. Through the electronic mail. Emily Payne, thank you for suggesting. You gave us some great suggestions. Mm-hmm. We've gotten quite a few different questions, and we do hope to navigate as many of them as we can. But um, this week, I thought it'd be great for us to discuss this particular question. Here's the question that we're going to talk about today, so we're just going to get right into it. How does one create a biblical culture in their home besides just praying at the dinner table? Hmm. The reason this is so great, this is such a great um, topic question, is because right now we are in Matt Cantrell's basement. (laughs) And immediately up above us on the main floor is uh, Matt's oldest son, Micah, who is kind of inconsolable right now. He yeah. has gotten up from a nap or something like that. And, and uh, so Anna is up there handling it uh, with Micah and Benji. And yeah. so we are talking about something that's very um, relevant. Matt, would you agree? Yeah, I feel a little bit backed into a corner after that. But yeah, so if you hear a, a blood-curdling scream, that is a two-year-old that uh, just woke up from a nap. I'm not all that happy when I wake up from naps, so I, I get it. Yep, that makes sense. And actually, right now, he sounds perfectly at peace, like things are things have gone well. So let's get right into this question. Um, we Again, thanks to Emily for, for posing this. Um, yep. It's just a good reminder that if you do have questions about um, faith, theology, philosophy of ministry, practical questions, um, we would love to take a, take a stab at answering those. Um, and, and that's part of what this platform is here for. So don't be shy about those. You can email those to us. Uh, you can send it to me directly, Travis, at the districtchurchwichita.com. Um, but to really start off, I thought it's, it's interesting um, sh- that, that she used the word culture in her question. How do we build a culture? beyond just praying at dinner. So uh, at least let's acknowledge that praying at dinner is a culture setting environment that you, that, that I don't want to minimize that mm-hmm. because praying at dinner is something that like, I think is a great practice and a great way to bring the kingdom of God into your home and to teach your kids the practice of one gratitude, recognizing that God provides, um, thanking him for providing and, uh, and, and then even just, um, kind of collectively before you before you eat, just acknowledging God's presence in your family. So I think that is a good one. That's a great one. But um, Emily's obviously saying we want to do more yeah. in in our home, which I think what a great um, what a what a great thing to pursue. According to uh, a dictionary definition of the word culture. Okay, I looked I, this up. I don't think you actually looked this up. I did. I promise. Wait, did you look it up when I was going to? To check on your check on my kids, check on your household. Yes, I did. Screaming. Here's what the word culture is defined as, uh, according to dictionary, uh, probably dictionary.com. <laughs> we'll say Webster's. It Ur- is dictionary. Culture is the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. In this instance, a family. The customs, arts, uh, social institutions, and achievements of a family. And so anything that's customary, 
anything that is an expression of the family, any time that's spent in building kind of a normal routine or rhythm is what we will kind of define as your family culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Matt, do you have anything that you would say, here's how I would answer this question, how we in our home develop um, a biblical culture in our home? Uh, Yeah, I think there's a number of ways that that Anna and myself uh, could probably answer that. Uh, just from from our practice, I, but I think a really good way of dividing that up, and, and we've talked about this a number of times, um, not on here, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that I think it, it's just really helpful to divide it up, and I think we'll probably get more into this as we discuss it, but I, I, I think in talking about a discipleship culture, or a, a is that how it was phrased, discipleship culture? or. Uh-huh. A, yeah, a biblical culture. Biblical culture. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'll use the phrase uh, discipleship instead of instead of biblical, not to replace it, but just to use it like synonymously. Uh, I think a discipleship culture can kind of have two separate sides. There's a formal side and an informal side. So formal, um, and maybe you can you can add and kind of edit this, and then I can further answer the question uh, that that you just posed, but. Uh, on the formal side, I think there's more of a, an established expectation. So a formal side um, is something that's more thought through, something that's communicated beforehand. So you and I have a have a. Uh, I think expectation is probably the best word that I would use. Uh, we're we're chasing after something. We're trying to correct something. We're trying to grow in a specific area. Both of us are on the same page, or at least one of us with the kids. I don't think my seven month old is. It's got a list of expectations that he's really got nailed down. And I think the informal side is more, this is just our life and our practices, the discipleship um, disciplines that we have, the biblical disciplines, spiritual disciplines we already have in our lives that kind of bleed into our family's life. And uh, for, I would probably assume for for both of us, I think we, we try to be intentional in our homes with our families but the vast majority of our biblical culture comes from uh, what is already working underneath, what God is already teaching and promoting in our lives. I listen to you uh, talk, and we interact quite a bit throughout the week, and I, I have uh, informal discussions about your, your sermons every single week because mm-hmm. you're mulling over things. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, chances are I'm being workshopped throughout the week because that's what's your, what you're processing through. So I, I think in our home, uh, we would fall more on the informal side pretty frequently. The formal side, uh, we will, um, when we put Micah down at night, we have a, a routine that we go through. We have a, a, a storybook Bible. Kevin DeYoung just put out a really cool storybook Bible that, that goes in-depth, and we'll try and read it with him. Usually he's trying to kick the Bible, so that's kind of a, a tough one. But we will have those discussions. Uh, we, we'll explain the story. I'll try and um, stop and try and explain little pieces to him throughout. And then we will, myself, Anna, and Micah, and then maybe Benji, will will sit there and pray before we go to bed. That would be a more formal example. Um, uh, when we go to discipline, um, I will... As I am, I'm trying to explain what Micah is doing that is incorrect, that his disobedience. Um, I will, I will do my best to keep eye contact with him, which he kind of tries to look away from me, which is a funny one. Um, 
or he'll try to interrupt me because he doesn't have much of an attention span. But I, my goal in, in discipline is to be very intentional and calculated and, and say, Micah, but like you are not the boss. You are trying to be the boss. Explain sin to him. He's two years old, so he's not really getting a lot of it. But occasionally he will say to me, uh, like he, he will say like you you have sin in your heart and that's in the sin is yucky and so he'll say sin is yucky or sometimes i will say um baba you need to you need to listen with your ears and obey with your heart so the goal is not to make him a someone who can act like a christian but someone who understands the conviction and the need to to have jesus and so uh, on a couple of occasions when i've got him in my lap and i'm making eye contact with him and explaining you can't say this to mama you can't hit your brother um, he will say sin is yucky, or he will say disob- uh, uh, listen with my ears, disobeyed with my heart. So he, it's like it picks up. But the more throughout the day, there's more informal moments. So he will see how I interact with his mom. He will see uh, how we communicate things. He will see um, just the way that we operate. Yeah. So I would I would assume for for you that it's similar, but I mean, how would you how would you answer that question? How do you create a biblical culture? Well, I think that's a great way to um, frame it in the formal and the informal, um, and, and I think probably uh, you know when when thinking about like if if you're just thinking about the context of praying before dinner, mm-hmm. this is probably a question surrounding like the formal category, like how do we implement more yeah. formal practice within our family that's like a biblical practice. Um which I think is good. I think uh so there's there's probably a couple of things on the formal side cuz I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um I me and Nicole, we are much more practiced and seasoned when it comes to kind of the informal way that we teach our kids to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, every every time discipline, every time we're using discipline in the house, there's something around teaching the attributes that Jesus teaches, right? Forgiveness, grace, um, mercy, uh, the fact that sometimes discipline means there's these natural consequences mm-hmm. that we have to just deal with and wrestle with um you know the the idea of quality time and being present with our kids the way that god's present with us um trying to put down the phones and turn the tv off and Mm. just like spend time talking at the end of the day before the kids are you know going to school the next day or, or, or time in the morning um conversations that we have along the way like when we're driving in the in the van or the truck and we uh, in, in London, like, you know, each each kid is just kind of a different personality. So yeah. London loves to ask questions, thousands of questions. Yeah, she's you know. grilled me she, in, the, yeah, she'll, she'll, <laughs> in the elementary room. And, and so, like, I could keep the radio on and just say, well, London, let's talk about that later. Or I could just say, hey, let's, let's talk about it right now, mm-hmm. you know, um, trying to answer questions or ask her questions back to have her think more critically. Obviously... Um, uh, you know, uh, sur- surrounding, yeah, meal times, always something like stopping and praying. When we lay our kids down, like from a really young age, I just kind of had this prayer that I prayed and then I just kept praying it over and over. And so sometimes I think repetition is really well, like really, it's really helpful for kids mm-hmm. because that helps them like just grab on to like how we lean on and rely on God. Um, it's always like, you know, my, my prayer with them. It's just something that I started like when they were babies, mm-hmm. like 
you know, holding him in my arms, like rocking him. I'd pray like, you know, dear God, thank you for, thank you for the day with the family. Please be with them while they sleep. Guard their hearts and their minds from the evil one and protect them as only you can. Thank you for Jesus on the cross, you know, and, and maybe something specific that they asked for and amen, you know. And so some of that has, has just kind of been, um, you know, built in to our life and rhythm that we just, you know, probably on a weekly basis, if not daily basis, those are, those are kinds of, those are kind of things that we're uh, using and, and, and being um, informal about. The things that Nicole and I have built that are more formal um, are, are things like, and, and we, we want, like, we really are, are striving for it to happen weekly. I can't say honestly that it's a weekly thing yet. I would say it's in the monthly category, but Sabbath has become something that we've tried to formalize in our lives, mm-hmm. where Friday evening through Saturday evening, um, we are off phones, um, off tablets, we're connecting with one another, we're spending time as a family, we worship God, we'll put like worship music on the TV, and we sit in and have the lyrics like come up on the TV, and we just like sing songs to God, mm-hmm. have the kids pick songs. Um, we'll read out of the Bible, have communion, you know, together as a family. Um, when we do that, like when we rest and we talk about resting in, in the Lord and practicing that, um, we notice a difference in our family big time, a difference in my attitude, Nicole's attitude, um, and our kids' attitudes. And that's probably been the most formal practice yeah. that that our family has kind of um, grown into that we're hoping to continue to build and 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 make uh, more and more a routine going from like monthly to weekly to um, or, or or you know a couple of times a month to then weekly. So uh, there's always it feels like Saturdays can kind of you get events or sports or th- you know things like that. And so we're we always wrestle back and forth with the kind of events that we mm-hmm. are a part of or activities that we're a part of. So. That would be maybe the most formal practice that we've really been wrestling toward making more and more commonplace for us. Yeah, um, I think it. <clears throat> I think the most significant aspect, just from what from what I've seen already, and again, you, my kids are two and seven months old, so mostly what we what we have is the informal time it's just like interacting and and loving and continuing to build those relationships but i think one of the most significant things that i've seen in my in my family and without because what we're discussing really is it is a discipleship question it is how do we live missionally um in our lives day to day would would you probably agree with that yeah absolutely so for me it's it's kind of figuring out these these practices these ways that that I've kind of been been led by God and by others to walk and try and figure out um, how do I normalize those in my home and and at the center of of like discipleship is relationship like mm-hmm. that's we're discipled by by God Himself and and we're discipled by uh, the authors of Scripture to some degree as we study and we sit with them um, we're discipled by the people that are around us. And at, at the center of, a, of it, 
um, is a it's a relationship. So a, a disciple, the the Greek word, it means like a learner. It's a pupil. The a rabbi's disciple was someone who walked with them day in and day out. So there is the formal side of like they were learning the Torah and they were they were rigorously studying, but it, um, almost deeper than that, it seems like discipleship was the relational side. So in our home, um, for me and Anna, like we need to get time where we have like a, a date night. We go and we intentionally interact with one another. We do things. We have uh, practices of like going out and enjoying a good <coughs> a good meal. Um, getting away, um, asking each other, like, how's, how's your heart doing? What are you learning? How are you feeling with the kids? How are you feeling with work? Stuff like that. Like, not just, which we've done, and I think is important, like, have a book that we're reading together or discussing something we're learning in church or learning something throughout. But, but more than that, it's like, hey, what's going on? What's going on in your, in your heart, in your mind? And then the things that we are learning from God, we can almost like interject and and love on one another through like hey this is what i'm learning maybe this uh kind of coincides and matches up with what you are learning so in the home it's i think it's the same thing with 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 kids and with whoever is in your home um because if we're living on mission it's not just our kids that are going to be in our homes hopefully we have people that are coming in throughout throughout the week also so the the informal side to some degree or even a mixture. I feel like I kind of vacillate between both of those. Some some is informal, some is formal. Yeah. Um, is just having those those intentional relationships, and then allowing um, what God is teaching you to flow without. So it really is. It's like that that analogy. I feel like I'm always using this. Maybe it's, I think it's like Abraham Lincoln. Like if I have four years to cut down a or four hours to cut down a tree, I'm going to spend the first three hours sharpening my axe. That's always stuck out to me. Yeah. So the creating a biblical culture in your home, I think, is making sure that you have a biblical culture already being instilled in your heart. That Romans 12, 1 and 2, like making yourself, making your mind a, a living sacrifice before God, be, not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. If that is happening and then you are walking out of that and being intentional in your relationships, then... Um, that I, I think you almost have an itch for more than just like, oh, oh, we made a dinner. We need to sit down hold each other's hands real quick. Thank you for the food. Amen. Yeah. Like, I think there's more beyond that just naturally wants to come out. Well, and I, th- I think just on a practical level, because there's there's the whole like kind of like theory of like we, we want to make our homes biblical, <laughs> like biblical cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, we want them to kind of you know the, the family is a uh, a community mm-hmm. that God has designed and wired much the same way that he's designed and wired the church and so yeah. your family developing rhythms of prayer or you know before dinner is important and your family attending church together is important mm-hmm. your family um, uh, practicing Sabbath is important and you know pr- you know reading the Bible together whatever it may be but if you're starting from, and this was just, this is probably just more practical than anything else. If you're going from like, I we do kind of one thing, but we're looking to add more. I would look to add one more thing, not just add like five other things. Mm. It'd be like, let me add, let me let me talk about this with my family, and let's add a time of reading the Bible once a week together. Because otherwise, you're gonna get, you're gonna get like 
the the um, uh, New Year's resolution syndrome, yeah. and you're going to try and change everything in your family, and it's going to be like they're they're going to kick back because it's like you're going to you're going to try and go Superman on me mm-hmm. here, and I'm not ready to go there yet. So just implementing one more thing or one other thing that would be a help to building that biblical culture, I think, would be wise. Yeah. Because if we're if we're honest, like. What is a family? Even if if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't have a family. I'm an individual. You know, I'm living on my own or I've got roommates or whatever. I, I think at the end of the day, w- when it comes down to following Jesus, um, y- you are doing a lot of things with your life. And so for us, I know sometimes Nicole and I have those days where it just feels like we're just trying to get to laying the kids down and yeah. then like putting our hair back together because it feels like we putting our hair I've never heard that before. Well, I mean I just mean like you're exhausted and you're tired and you haven't like looked in the mirror in a while to know like your hair's flying around and and you you look disheveled and a mess, right? You you feel that way. I feel like this you know is what a, I'm saying. I feel like this is a really significant <laughs> deep, in, <clears throat> in deep point but I've never heard heard put our put our hair back together. <laughs> Any you know what I mean. Like, Anyways, so like your your household is a let's just be honest it's a very difficult thing to manage. One of the requirements of an elder in the church is here find somebody who manages their household well mm-hmm. and then they can lead the church because if they can manage that they're ready to manage more. Um so so managing your household well and doing it in a biblical way, let's just I'm going to just be honest, it takes a lot of your energy. You should make no illusions that this won't add to something that can drain you at times. Mm -hmm. Now, I think when you build that habit and it becomes more habit for your family, it's going to give you life. Mm -hmm. But when you start something like that, it's going to feel it's going to it's like it's like when you squat for the first time and your legs are super sore and you don't want to lifting. Exactly. So. So there's just an element of like this is going like, to I'm take. Just, I'm just pouring water <laughs> on your illustrations. <laughs> this is this is just the practical side of it. it's going to take energy to do this, mm-hmm. and so let me add in one thing that though it might be new and strange and weird, I'm going to add in one thing. So if if we routinely pray before dinner, let me add to that time. I'm going to open the the Bible and I'm going to read from the book of Mark. Like that might be a good start. Read like a paragraph from the book of Mark and then pray together. Or establish a time outside of dinner and prayer to where like before bed, hey, we're going to read the Bible before you go to bed. Or in the morning when we first wake up, hey, we're going to have family kind of quiet time where you where, you know, kids are spending time with God and mom and dad are spending time with God. Um so that so that you can build on those habits, not just trying to start several new habits mm-hmm. all at the same time. So I would say, like, a family has to have a shared vision of of what their time together looks like. Mm-hmm. And if there's no time with the Lord that's a part of that vision, then you're probably not going to uh, expend energy on it throughout the week. Mm-hmm. But if you begin to implement a vision of we want to spend time together as a family with the Lord, then you can begin to navigate, well, in what way is that going to take shape? And then how much energy do I have for that? Because we don't want to be people just existing. We want to be people who are thriving and people who 
don't get to the end of the workday and we're too exhausted to give our family our time and attention and leadership and quality time and all of that kind of stuff. And if we're not careful, we are working hard and then we get home and we're like, I need to zone out. And so you become distracted and then all of your day's gone and you, you haven't spent any quality, quality time with family. I think we've all been there. So this isn't a place of like condemnation, but of grace. Mm -hmm. And so let's, Let's figure out the vision that we have for our family. Let's decide how much energy we can expend realistically on adding a habit. And then let's just go for it yep. and uh, and see some of those habits kind of build one on top of another um, as I, we build a biblical culture. Can I add something onto that? Yeah. Um, I think also even kind of maybe counterbalancing that a little bit, like you can tell what your priority is by the by the resources that you're pouring into it so if you are getting to the end of your day if you're getting to a point where you don't have the capacity to 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 lead or to to participate in to love your family in this way then then there is a a balance of like well well maybe don't throw everything like at this at, at once as in what you're saying don't have the summer camp high where you go, oh, I'm going to read the Bible in a week or something like that. Like, no, like spend some time, slow down. But I think there's also, you, there's there's a level where um, if you are getting to that point, if you're looking at your, your level of energy, if you're looking at like <clears throat> the hair that you have to pick up, is that what you said? Put back together. <laughs> the, the hair on the floor <laughs> that you got to put back on? Uh, <clears throat> then maybe it's worthwhile asking, all right, where, how am I prioritizing my time? Am I am I getting time alone with God? Am I getting uh, th- am I putting enough effort into into this time? Are other things bleeding into it? You talked about on like the Sabbath can be tough because because resting is not necessarily an easy thing to prioritize um, when you have a, like things going on everywhere, or yeah. or you get to the point where you want to rest, but you want to rest the way that you know how to rest, which is to shut everything off, at least for for our household. Um, so I think asking the, the question of like, well, what, let's look at my life. What is the priority? Not just what I say. What is the actual priority? And I think, uh, were you going to say something with that? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think also recognizing you had mentioned like initially this, like learning to have these rhythms, learning to like to, to develop a new discipline is going to, it's going to expend energy. Mm-hmm. But this would be like the the more formal side if I can lean into that again and talk about like expectations. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it, we're not trying to follow Jesus because it's always going to, to immediately benefit us. Uh, he said it's better to give than to receive. And a lot of times to give it means that you're actually kind of suffering for that. A great way of describing forgiveness is like swallowing someone else's punishment, right? So I think it kind of follows in that line. Like um, even if it does, even if it does wear us out, remembering like, no, this is good for my soul. This is mm-hmm. good for my family. Yeah. So this isn't saying that that what you were what you were describing is like if you are exhausted, jump on the brakes. I know that's not what you were saying, but maybe recognizing like. If you are exhausted, it may be like, well, this is a this is a difficult thing to do. The phrase that comes mm-hmm. to my mind is, if you want to go against the grain, you're going to get splinters. Like, if right. if we are so used to um, 
living in a way where we aren't creating a biblical culture. We're creating a culture that is, uh, how do I get through the day? How do I have comfort sooner? How oh my gosh, how do I get the kids down sooner so I can go and tuck away? Like doing something with that requires more intentionality initially, and maybe even beyond that, will will create a degree of of tiredness and maybe tough to, especially if you've got kids like my like my kids' age, like. It's gonna be really hard to keep a two-year-old like focused on a story about Rehoboam, right? Well, and I think I think part of that is, especially with kids. If you're just talking about with your kids, um, keep, keep in mind the direct like like say say you're trying to teach your kid to value studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. You could debate back and forth whether or not like here's these two strategies. You you sit down with your kid and you like like have the Bible in front of them and mm-hmm. you're teaching them how to read the Bible like line by line and you're asking them questions as you go along. There's there's value there. Or you develop a habit yourself as a parent of finding a spot on the couch at the same time every day. And it could be during like your kid, you know, your kids are at home or whatever. Um, they're doing their thing, but they know that like 5.30 you know, when mom or dad come home from work, like the first thing they do is they grab a Bible and they're sitting on the couch and reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. Your kids are going to, it's that old adage, like your kids, like we, uh, more is caught than taught. And so it's not so much you formalizing the following Jesus discipline. (laughs) It is you following Jesus and watching your kids see the value that that puts in your life. Mm-hmm. If if your kids see that you don't read the Bible, but you want them to, yeah. it's not probably going to be translated very well to yeah, them. Yeah, they're going to be keenly aware of, yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, and and kids keep us honest like that in really in really neat ways. So I think we don't have to necessarily. It doesn't have to be formal. It can, it, or it doesn't have to be everyone formal all the time. It can be you being formal in your relationship with God. Like I meet with God at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. And my kids see that, and they can even ask, hey, what are you doing? And when they ask that question, it doesn't have to be, I'm reading my Bible. It could be like I'm meeting with God. And they could see you praying, and what are you doing? Well, I'm talking with God and listening to God. Um, and, and they start to see that you're building a personal relationship with God and that it adds value to your life. Yeah. Um, so I, I, think, I think there's a lot to that uh, building a a biblical culture um and and i know for nicole and i too it's easy for us to we really start to hunger for uh a you know getting back to that like we really start to miss sabbath Mm -hmm. when we haven't done it in a while and we can we can see the the fault lines in our uh in our family because Everybody starts to get really irritable. Everybody's mm. quick to frustration. Um, the the girls are like arguing over really small stuff. Calvin is just like just walking away in disobedience and like mm. disrespect. And so that has to be like okay, we're going to yep. rein that in. But at the same time, underneath that, we're like when we get away from the biblical principles our family is affected by it. Mm-hmm. And so this is a really worthy endeavor, not just for 
um, you know, becoming more of a, you know, a nice family or whatever. But this is this is directly beneficial to, I think, kids behavior, your attitude um, and your awareness that God is with you. Because it's surrendering, like, that time that you do have, that energy that you do have to God in that moment. And um, and that's not even to mention, like, the biblical culture of, like, when we're, when we're you know, seeking entertainment through Netflix or Disney or whatever. Like, is what we're watching, are we stopping and explaining things about the culture to our kids as we're yeah. watching it to explain it in a biblical way or, mm-hmm. or whatever? So there's so many ways that you yeah. can introduce biblical culture. Yeah, I've heard a, a great example of uh, it doesn't work quite as much as it used to because everything's online. But like uh, a way that a, a mentor of mine discipled his kids is he would they would watch advertisements, they would watch commercials, and then they would say, "All right, what's being communicated here?" And which is just a cool way of, of doing that. Um, but I, I, you had mentioned this isn't not everybody has a like. Yeah, is married and has kids. Like so, the family part of it may seem like like a less um, a topic that's not quite quite as uh, on the nail for them. But I think I think it's really helpful to recognize like you in your home can do these things either on your own one or with roommates too. I think that's a really helpful thing to like just engage with those that are around you, and then also recognizing like if we are. Uh, living biblically if we're living on mission which is like that's the goal of hubs is that we're living on mission we're growing with one another we're creating like an extended version of our family almost inviting Mm -hmm. people into our homes uh, opening up avenues for those who may not know jesus to come in like this can be maybe instead of saying building a a biblical culture in our family maybe it's building a biblical culture in in my home in my life in my rhythms because yeah. this can be just as significant um, for those that are are single or may not have may not have children, whatever. Um, we are like bringing people into our homes and being affected by. It's the same way we say. Again, you say uh, kids are more like more is caught than taught. Like that that goes for all of us. Yeah, kind of have a hypocrisy meter that pops up, right? So absolutely, I think you culture isn't just uh, what a group of people creates; it's what an individual creates. You know, if you spent a week with me, you would you would feel my culture. You know what I mean? Hardcore runner? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you feel something else. But you would, <laughs> but you would. There would be a sense that you would experience a rhythm of life that would be different from yours. But it would be it would be kind of the culture that I have created, right? And that's true of every person around us. There is a culture of the individual, and so the question is, how can I can how can I build into that culture a biblical mindset and and continue to you know give that over to God and and have have when people get to know me, they can't help but get to know Jesus because He is the culture that's being built into my life and that can happen with a family um that can happen with an individual it can happen with roommates it can happen you know really anywhere yeah so um just for help and resource i wanted to throw out so i think i think you've got some books as well but mm-hmm. i wanted to throw out a couple um that uh, i've read through and have benefited from first um, I would point out Family Discipleship by Matt Chandler. Um, 
there's a series we did kind of around this. Uh, I think the at middle of this year or, or spring of this year or the or I'll find it. Anyways, we did it like in the past. If you go to our YouTube page, um, you can go and and find uh, a series we did on family discipleship. But Matt Chandler wrote a book called Family Discipleship that's super helpful on this topic specifically, especially with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you talk about Family on Mission by Mike Breen. Mm-hmm. But then the other one that I would highlight is, uh, uh, and I, I believe it's Jeff Vanderveen. I didn't look this up to make sure I got the last name right. But he wrote a book called Families Where Grace is in Place. Mm. That was, if you're talking about informal practice of building the, the character, character of the Holy Spirit and the character of God in your home, that may be my favorite book when it comes to that and how we, everything from like how we discipline, um, teach responsibility, share responsibility, how we have conversations, spend quality time, all that kind of stuff. Families Where Grace is in Place by Jeff Vanderbilt. Great, great book. Cool. So, uh, Yeah, you had mentioned Family on Mission. We tend to refer to uh, Mike Breen's How to Build a Discipling Culture in our church pretty often. I, I had told you this before. I actually I enjoyed this book, Family on Mission, exponentially more. He talks about... Um, how his family actually lives out um, like the internal workings of their family as well as how they invite others into their home, how they, how they disciple, how their kids have grown up seeing them sacrificially living, inviting people into their homes, allowing um, those that they're calling their, their church to actually be in their home, helping to take mm. care of their kids. It's just as super practical. Um, beyond that, there's a couple other books. Uh, sh- there's a book called Shepherd Leader at Home by Timothy Whitmer. Uh, Family Driven Faith by Vody Bauckham. He kind of hammers some homeschooling stuff. So if you're if you're adamantly against homeschooling, then don't maybe read that with a grain of salt. But it's really really good to give some practical examples. And then honestly, probably my Anna and I have, have discussed through this one a lot. It's called Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. He talks a lot about um, how we are aiming directly at our kids' hearts. So this is a this is a, a parenting book, um, but it's kind of that mentality of we're not trying to make little good behaving people. We are trying to 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 point our children's hearts toward Jesus, to recognize their need for Him, and to see His love and His care for them. So that's shepherding a child's heart um, by Ted Tripp, which I has been really really good. Sweet. Sounds like a great list. Uh, go back and replay that if you want to get those books down again. If you didn't uh, I can write even, it down, I can even put it in the the description of this episode. Link in the description uh, no, for uh, any of the books do that I have to we put just a link? listed. Can I just put a list. Oh, sorry, we don't even have a link in the description. Um, yeah. List of the books we just listed. We'll in see the what description. kind of time I have this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, give us your feedback if this was helpful. Send us any more questions that you have because we do love this format of just talking about things that mm-hmm. surface in your life that you're curious about. We'd love to answer them. Otherwise, you have to deal with the questions that we come up with. And we will come up with the weirdest questions in the world. What's an example of a question? Why? How are tall there... are the <laughs> trees in your neighborhood? Is South Africa a region we or need to a country? Get that up. <laughs> Thank one. you, guys. Have a great day. We'll catch you next time. See you.